This is a humanitarian crisis, a crisis of the heart and a crisis of the soul. Last month, 20,000 migrant children were illegally brought into the United States, a dramatic increase. These children are used as human pawns by vicious coyotes and ruthless gangs. One in three women are sexually assaulted on the dangerous trek up through Mexico. Women and children are the biggest victims by far of our broken system. I guess the president was hoping he was reaching an audience that hasn't been following the uh, the immigration issue and would convince them that illegal immigration is a problem. Well, and that it's enough of a crisis that there needs to be additional funding for, for physical barriers. I, I don't understand why you can't just start with, we have somewhere between 12 and 20 million illegals in this country. Nobody knows because it's hard to count people that are here illegally. Mm-hmm. Um, n- no country does that. That's not the way you operate a country. we got to get hold of this. So, Part of it's physical barriers. A lot of it's this other stuff that he mentioned. Let's all get together and do we it. we got to secure the border barrier, borders so that 20 years from now, a president isn't talking about the 30 million illegals that we have. Right. So uh, we can discuss all the DACA stuff and everything like that later, but we have to secure our borders because that's what every country does on Earth and always has. That's what a country is, actually, is its borders. So let's just jump to that. You know, I, I don't know if I need the particulars. It's being a sovereign nation seems like a pretty good argument. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I didn't love the speech. I didn't love the way it was written. I just I thought it it spent too much time listing crimes and statistics and that sort of thing, which just gives fodder to the other side um, to dispute the validity or significance of those statistics and and, and enables a giant smokescreen that obscures the the core issues. Which or what you're talking about? I thought it was a little too. I don't know. It was just a little too broad. It was a little too scattered. It could have been very simple and very persuasive, and then the uh, the response was just ridiculous. Um, it was as if the, they hadn't heard the speech or the, read it. The words they said or the uh, the optics of it. The optics was something. Well, who, who knew, first of all, anybody would ever carved uh, a couple of cigar store Indians, a man and a woman, and uh, posed them side by side and made their lips move somehow, CGI, I'm assuming. God, jump online and watch that. We we should uh, have the response linked at armstrongandgetty.com because you got to see it. It's really something. Chuck, dude. I mean, I realize it's not an issue to to laugh about. It's not a lighthearted issue. But you, you got the, they're putting my dog down in front of me look on your face. Right. The whole time Nancy's talking. Staring angrily at the camera. <laughs> Hunched yeah, over. It was just, it, it was just not, not good <laughs> on any level. Um, it's, it's hard to believe this is the height of discourse you're right about- in the United States of America. We're the cultural capital of the world. We have the most you know, clever, innovative communicators on earth. And that was what we got last night. Yeah. Well, I suppose, you know, I don't want slick and glib. I, you know, I'm going to argue with myself here. I, I would prefer I'll just to go home then. I, <laughs> I would prefer to have a, a sincerity and, and persuasiveness and facts and the rest of it. Uh, but it was it was well, remarkably bad. You can't stand in front of the camera with your wooden <laughs> face and tell right. me we care deeply about border security. That's a laughable Bull statement. Spit. 
That's a laughable statement. Right. You had all the power to handle that at some point and didn't. And and so did the Republicans. Well, and listen, I've uh, we, we've received a number of devil's advocate emails because we're a big tent radio show. We don't care what you believe. We hope you enjoy listening. And if you don't like something, if you want to disagree, feel free. Uh, email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, or you can text us, 415-295-KFTC. Um, but uh, several people pointed out, hey, uh, the Republicans had the White House and both houses of Congress. Where's the funding for the wall? And then there was some funding for, you know, enhanced uh, border security funding, but some of which went to physical barriers. But we've gone sure, through we've, a great question. We've gone through various iterations of that over many decades. Divided government and one party government, both sides. Right. Different levels. And they never budget got around. Always the budget and the deficit always rises. Yeah. And border security always gets discussed a great deal, but not dealt and with. And illegal immigration continues. So it's right. nobody can stand in front of me except for perhaps Donald Trump and say you actually want to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, how am I going to believe you? Um, so building the wall necessary to improve border security. That's the question they ask people. So I'll hit you with the question once again, because what they ask is important. Yes. Building is building a wall necessary to improve border security. All voters, it's uh, 54 no, 44 yes. So 54, 44. When you break it down by party, it ends up being, you know, what a lot of stuff is. For Republicans, it's 85, 14 yes. For Democrats, it's 90, 10 no. So about evenly split. (sighs) Yeah. Which has got so much to do with Trump. Of course. I, I would love to be able to run this model in a parallel universe. Barack Obama's president asking for the exact same thing. You ask huh. the exact same question to people, right. and people yeah. say, yes, of course, securing the borders is important to being a sovereign nation. Right. And uh, a lot of Republicans saying, no, absolutely not. Those those are waste of money. Waste of money. <laughs> um, hey, uh, read that question again, though. Building wall necessary to improve border security? Question mark. That answer depends entirely on that person's conception of the phrase building a wall. Are they picturing what they've heard on MSNBC, that Donald J. Trump wants to build a 30-foot concrete wall along the entire U.S. border, like the Great Wall of China? Well, he didn't say a big, beautiful wall, 30 feet high. Well, that's just his campaign stuff, which is, it's entertainment, which I realize confused some people. Um, But if you were to rephrase it in a way that is 100% accurate, do you believe that physical barriers are an important part of border security and that we should add some more where appropriate as designated by border control. It's a long... I'm, I'm, I'm just walking down the street. Give me, give me a minute. As, as I'll you, edit that. As you stand there with your clipboard asking me that very long question. Hey, I gotta get to work. I, I, you have, a, have a nice day. I gotta get your bus. <laughs> no, but you know, the, 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 is building the wall important? What do you mean by the wall? Right. We're not even talking about... The government is not shut down over a 2,200-mile, 30-foot concrete barrier. It's shut down over an insignificant significant amount of construction funding for physical barriers. Okay, we'll be talking about this all morning long. What a joke. As you brought up the shutdown. Boy, politics is stupid. It's hard to even properly convey how stupid it is to you. Here's your history of shutdowns. Yes. Um, we're now at the second longest. So this is going to be on the test. Second longest shutdown. The um, Starting with the short ones. We had a two-day shutdown last year. There was a two-day shutdown in 84. There's a two-day shutdown in 81, a three-day in 90, a three-day in 83, a three-day in 82. In 95, a five-day shutdown, that's not the one. 
where Monica and Bill got together. That's coming up on the list. Stay tuned. Um, boy, 1976 and 1977, an interesting period for shutdowns. I was, you know, uh, a, a, a kid at the time, so I wasn't paying attention to this. But So in September of 76, the government shut down for 10 days. Then the following fall... In 1977, 12-day shutdown in September, 8-day shutdown in October, then another 8-day shutdown in November. Wow. She went 12-8-8 with three different shutdowns in a three-month period. Wow. In 1977, which is much more, and I think those were real shutdowns, not the tiny percentage the government shut down. Right. Um, then you get up to a 16-day in 2013 in 1978. Again, getting into that late 70s period where we had lots of shutdowns. There was one for 17 days. We're now at, what are we at, 19 days now? Uh, This current shutdown, which is coming up on the longest shutdown of all time, December 1995. Hey, what are you doing here? You're kind of cute. Wandering around the White House alone with nothing to do. Poor Bill Clinton in 1995. (laughs) That's how he and Monica got together. That's how she ended up getting so close to him. Because there wasn't as much security and there wasn't anything going on. Yes. They had time to get to know each other. But anyway, the longest shutdown was in December of 95. But we're almost, there is nobody saying we're not going to blow blow past that mark. Because there's no way this is getting settled in the next two days. Yeah, but there, so, you know, the the length of them is kind of interesting to me, but. The number of them in recent years. Oh, yeah. I mean, there have been quite a few. I mean, yeah. Never mind the 70s. And you don't but... remember them, do you? Well, no. Why would you? You don't remember them, do you? Because they have no significance to most people's lives. I, you know, if you went uh, went to a national park and, and the bathrooms were locked, as we got one charming uh, email from a fellow who had that problem, and he really, really needed to go. Um, that's That's bad. But for the rest of us, quit with your ominous voice. It's a government shutdown. Oh, stop it. Well, if the burden of Damascus strikes when you're at Yellowstone, you might have a different view of things. Well, yeah, I'm sure I would. That's uh, that's a term for needing to go. You're in a park. Just go where the bears go. Exactly. What are the bears doing? Back to nature, huh? Does a bear what in the woods? <laughs> right. You fill in the blank. Now, now you do it. <laughs> Clean up after yourself, though. Yeah, you know, pack in, pack out. Huh? All right, then. Perhaps the single stupidest media firing I've ever heard of during this era of political correctness. What's a little scary news if you like the pot, the marijuana? Okay. Might Uh, mess with your genes, especially when you go to have kids. Wow. More details coming out on that crazy woman who texted that guy 100,000 sometimes. Oh, boy. Wow. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A woman in Texas broke a hospital record recently after delivering a nearly 15-pound baby, so good luck to her husband on ever complaining about anything again. Oh, you have a headache? I gave birth to a water cooler, Richard. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's a big baby. Uh, we have a text line, 415-295-KFTC. I think it was a Michelob Ultra Light that Elizabeth Warren was drinking. This person wow, claimed it was fire water. That's not <laughs> Oh, wow. That's not good. I mean, given her heritage, I understand. But 
<laughs> so so she selected, I'm going to get me a beer. Uh, got the least beery beer that exists on earth. Well, I am. Come on. Come on. You're going to have a beer? Have a beer, sister. She wanted her to have a Bud Regular. Slightly beer-flavored be, water. The extra working class regular person. I love Budweiser. Sure. That's a fine beer. Anybody, What's not to like? It is a beautifully balanced American-style pilsner. <laughs> Budweiser wins international beer festivals. It is a great American-style yeah. pilsner. I drank the light beer back when I drank just for the less calories. That was the thing. All right, then. So, uh, <clears throat> speaking of substances that may alter your mood, uh, a couple of drug stories coming up you probably want to be aware of. Uh, first, though, and this is this is just astonishing to me. Oh, Marshall and his news coming up. My my favorite part of Trump's speech. So oh, that's okay. on the way. Okay, great. And and also the uh, America's angry grandparents response. <laughs> Nancy and Chuck stared angrily into the camera. It's just an odd moment. Uh, anyway, this stuff makes me so mad because I, it probably scares me. If I were stretched out on the psychologist's couch, I would think if people can be this stupid and mob-like and and come to such a ludicrous decision, none of us is safe. Civilization is crumbling. Of course, I think too much. Here's this TV weatherman in Kentucky. Good uh, morning, Kentucky. Rain in the tri-state area. Or, or Rochester, Kentucky. It's a beautiful part of the country. Love Kentucky. But uh, Jeremy, I think his last name is pronounced Capel. He was rushing through the weekend forecast, and he, he said something. He stumbled over his words. I'm going to play it for you here. I'll let you listen to it. Uh, Is this going to get us fired? Oh, absolutely. It's career suicide right here today. Uh, No, although it is funny, I'm on a a website, a newspaper website here, and it says, warning, strong language. So I guess there's strong language. Here, listen to this, would you? I'm not hearing anything. Michael, do you have me up, my brother? Oh, It's up. Okay, let's try that again. My mistake. I blame myself. Hard to imagine what happened this time. There we go. So, great. This is the way to look out at Martin Luther King Jr. Park. Yeah. He was talking about looking over Martin Luther King Jr. Park, and he said, Martin Luther King Jr. Park, he stumbled over his words, and... Evidently, announce he pronounced the syllable "coon," which, as I'm sure you're familiar, is an old-timey epithet for dark-skinned people, African Americans, if you prefer the term. It's a loathsome term, certainly. You could not, as a sane human being, possibly think he did that on purpose. He did that intentionally. He did that as a racial slur. But Boy, he has been fired. That's something I um. I'm always amazed when I take in stories the way I think a lot of people do take in stories because we were on vacation for a couple of weeks. I just saw a headline about this. Yeah. Meteorologist fired for racial slur. Yeah. And and it said what he said, and I thought, oh, wow, he must have got caught saying it off the air, or I don't know what his deal is or whatever. But So this is the story? Right. Even if you were just somebody so crazed that you don't understand that people stumble in their speech all the time, and you can't think through the fact that this guy would never do that because it's career suicide. 
Maybe you'd think, well, I wonder, wow, what's going on with that guy? And you would listen like a human being with a soul and a conscience to what he had to say about the incident. What he said was, that was not a word I said, I promise you that. If you did feel that hurt you in any way, I sincerely apologize. I would never want to tarnish the reputation of such a great man as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., one of the great civil rights leaders of all time. He went on and on, making it unequivocally clear This is not a guy who has any interest in uttering racial epithets. But the unspeakable cowards at WHEC Rochester and whatever cowardly company owns it uh, decided to fire this guy. They actually fired him over that. And, and that's crazy. And, and various activist types, of course, are howling for his head. We're howling for his head. So that was part of the decision. Those people are liars and phonies. They cannot raise money unless they illustrate uh, offense and, 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 and whip up anger. That's what it's all about. Man, that's troubling. That is really, really troubling. So I could lose my career the way I you know, uh, pay the mortgage, support my family. And those jobs aren't easy to get. No right. job's easy to get. Right. Um, with, because of that. That's amazing. Listen to what the Rochester you'd have to look associate... your, As you're being fired, you'd have to look the guy in the eye, or woman, yeah. and say, how are you doing this? Right. How do you sleep? Do you have a conscience? The Rochester Association of Black Journalists said of the obvious stumbling over his words, this is a completely unacceptable, this is completely unacceptable, and contrary to all standards of broadcasting. Well, we are aware that the station has issued an apology. We expect a complete explanation of what happened who was responsible, and why nothing was said immediately after the Friday broadcast. Well, I'm happy to step in and and provide that for you, Rochester Association of Black Journalists. A complete explanation of what happened is the guy stumbled over his words, and he got the vowel from the second word mixed up with consonants from the first word. Happens all the time. Trust me, I got a mush mouth. I do it daily. Who was responsible? Well, nobody really. He stumbled over his words. And why nothing was said immediately after the Friday broadcast, that's because it was a non-event and had zero significance. Do you have any further questions i'd be delighted to answer them you bunch of phonies racism is loathsome fake claims of racism give a smoke screen to real racism stop it yeah you think you actually helped your cause with that stop it well it, it's one thing for the activists to ch- to try to do this and it makes them bad people but you gotta stand up to it it's the only way to stop it you got to say that was a nothing. I'm sorry you're mad, but we're going to keep the guy on. You won't lose any viewers. You won't lose. Well, if the advertisers actually cave, though, which sometimes they do, right? Because they're freaking cowards, right? News 10 Vice President and General Manager Richard Reingold released a statement saying we strongly believe in holding our reporters and anchors to the highest standards, followed by a number of other words which signify nothing but his cowardice. Wow, that is. Scary and weak. Could happen to anybody in your job. Oh, yeah, in any line of work, man. Sure. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Trump's Oval Office address. We've got Jack Armstrong's favorite clip of that speech. Paul Manafort's lawyer's mistake could put their client in collusion the hot water. And one religion, uh, religious leader's warning about who's running the Internet, possibly proving Joe Getty has been correct all along. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
I'm looking forward to this because this is my favorite part of the Trump speech. News now with Marsha Phillips. Now, President Trump holding steady on his call for a wall along the U.S. southern border. The president making his argument during his speech last night from the Oval Office, calling on Congress to fund the wall while also calling out top Democrats as hypocrites. Senator Chuck Schumer, who you will be hearing from later tonight, has repeatedly supported a physical barrier in the past, along with many other Democrats. They changed their mind only after I was elected president. Democrats in Congress have refused to acknowledge the crisis. Trump going on to add, Some have suggested a barrier is immoral. Then why do wealthy politicians build walls, fences, and gates around their homes? They don't build walls because they hate the people on the outside, but because they love the people on the inside. That's a pretty good line. The I only that was thing good. that is immoral is the politicians to do nothing and continue to allow more innocent people to be so horribly victimized. So I think the only way they're ever going to get to a compromise where they uh, both sides try to save face, which is the only way this is going to happen, I think, is Chuck and Nancy and whoever they can control are going to have to say, okay, we won't make a big deal out of the difference between a wall and a barrier. And you don't either. Mm-hmm. And then you let us, you know, allow this barrier to be built. And you don't make a big deal out of the, out of the difference between a wall and a barrier. That we voted for walls and this is a barrier. Mm-hmm. We'll, we, we, we just, neither one of us will. Isn't that the only way they're going to make it happen? Because well, if both sides are going to continue to play the game. victory. Both sides can do what they would do anyway were it not for the grandstanding politics of it, which would be, yeah, get some more money for the physical part of border security. And Donald Trump can claim, and we've expanded the wall, and the Democrats can say, we fixed some fencing, and everybody will believe what they want to believe. Because the worst part of the news coverage is this has been the pointing out that, look, so many of these people have voted for walls so many times. Right. Course. Now all of a sudden it's immoral. What the, what's going build, on there? Build bridges, not walls. They're hundreds of miles of walls, and you voted for them. What the hell are you talking about? And you allocated way more money than's being asked for now. Right, right. Oh, just the phoniness and hypocrisy of the thing. It's just, uh, it's tires. But they do have to find a way out. I mean, they, yeah. they surely all agree. Well, at some point this has got to end. Right, right. Well, okay, Chuck, Nancy, what bauble do you want? Well, Chuck, you a bauble. Meanwhile, we expand the fence a little bit, and we can get back to business. I mean, this is just such a silly argument. You know, it's like it reminds me of most marital arguments that I've had. They're over dumb stuff. I mean, if it's something important, you know, and at least with me and Judy, we generally talk about it. It's, it ends up being over dumb stuff. This is a dumb, dumb argument. Border security is not dumb. Dealing with illegal immigration is not dumb at all. It's critical. We need to do it. But this particular little hang-up is just silly. Paul Manafort, who is Donald Trump's former campaign chairman, shared polling data during the 2016 presidential campaign with a business associate who's been linked to Russian intelligence. And special counsel Robert Mueller's office charges he lied to them about sharing that information. That's according to a court filing whose redacted contents were accidentally revealed yesterday. The Associated Press was able to see the material in the defense filing because it wasn't properly blacked out. Now, the filing doesn't say if the polling info was public or not or what was done with it. 
But AP is reporting it raises the possibility that Russia could have used inside information from Trump's campaign as part of its operation to interfere in the 2016 election. So if Manafort leaked some polls to a guy with ties to Russia, what is that? I don't know. I mean, if he lied about it, he lied about it. Okay, fair enough. Why did he lie about it? Yeah, I don't know. Um... But the unlawful sharing of, hey, we took a poll, found, uh, found out 65% of people are in favor of sunny days. I mean, or, or whatever. I don't, is that a crime? Is that, is that even impolite? I don't even know. So isn't the latest thinking that Manafort's a long way from being done? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, very much so. The filing Manafort or Mueller? I mean, sorry, Mueller is a long way from being done with his investigation. I hear a different uh, assessment of that every single day. Yeah, yesterday they were saying he filed uh, for a six-month extension on his work. Or oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Work okay. for well, six right. I stand corrected. Yeah. yeah, there are a couple of maneuverings. Good. We can look forward to another six months of this. A couple yeah. of maneuverings in the last week that would give every indication that he needs more time and money, and we got quite a ways to go. Oh, you know, I happened to flip on CNN this morning uh, to take in a little fake news, and, uh, and, and they had uh, some... Uh, Old feller. Which gets us close to the election, by the way, the presidential election. Then we got that whole can of worms. Yeah, Does he release well, it in, yeah. in, you know, in the year of a presidential election? Well, if it's six months, that'd be right around when the first uh, Democrat debates are going to be. So that's definitely, you know, it's, it's on. Sure. That'd still be, there'd be a heck of a lot of time, though, before election day. But anyway, uh, so I hear this old, uh, old uh, um, uh, Congress guy. Drone on CNN about how critically important it is we pass this legislation to protect Mueller and protect the investigation. It is, boy, has there ever been a phonier issue than that? Yeah. Nobody is shutting down the Mueller investigation. Nobody, maybe you know, Donald J may want to, but ain't nobody going along with it. No. It's not happening nor is it a, a a real concern that when it's released it'll be kept secret by the trump administration and never well, get right. out i mean no. that's just a crazy idea but they're still trying to whip that up on cnn are you raising money off that or something that's a boy you talk about a yeah. non-issue yeah and it turns out the leader of the russian orthodox church is warning the faithful that the antichrist is in charge of the world wide web there I you go it. i knew it i'm converting this, i'm now russian orthodox this. what do you what do you gotta do is there a fee the 72-year-old leader pointing out that whenever people use their cell phone or tablet or other internet-connected devices, others will know where you are and what you're doing. And he said that kind of control is one of the signs of the Antichrist. Okay. Okay. Get to the part which isn't clearly true. It's... it's uh... You know, it depends on your conception of good and evil in the universe right. and the rest of it. Maybe right. it's not the Antichrist, but it ain't good. Mm. It's bad. All and right. Mark Zuckerberg has horns under his red hair. <laughs> I, I've, I, I've seen the uh, satellite imagery. They use infrared for that, I think. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. He keeps them shaved down so they're not apparent, but he can regrow them in an afternoon if he needs to. One of his, his, his satanic powers. They did a survey of kids about how much allowance they get, what chores they do to get what allowance, and what they mostly save their money for. 
My kids have been really into this lately for some reason, counting their money and what they're going to buy. Oh, plus I promised a couple of drug stories. I'll give you one real quickly. If you have extra drugs, we were talking about this yesterday. Uh, most pharmacies will take them from you, and most hospitals will too. So if you want to get rid of extra dangerous drugs and not flush them down into the water supply, which strikes me as a terrible idea. What do they do with them Bring at the them pharmacy? Bring them to your local pharmacy. They pop them. They have parties. <laughs> pour, it all into a, pour it all into a hat and just go potluck. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. That's me in the corner. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's a nice day when you... A typical day at the office, gone terribly, terribly wrong. It's the way it looked out at Martin Luther King Jr. Park. Jer- there, it was all it took for that meteorologist to lose his job there in Kentucky, where it s- sounded like he said... Well, he did say. Yeah, well, the, yeah, the sounds came out of his mouth, but... Martin Luther Coon Jr. Park. Well, he corrected himself, King Jr. Well, right, it's just, it's just a flub. Right. Just happens to be a bad word. Um, and he actually got fired over it. And so I'm, I'm glad that it's getting national attention because that means somebody's going to hire him out of a PR stunt or something like that to stand or, up what is good and right. Which or it his is. original employer, where I, I don't know that oh. he has a wife and kids, but they'll rehire him and say, sorry, dude. Well, you, they should be We're shamed cowards. into it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so flipping weak to fire the guy over that. We're all doomed if we could say something in a meeting or at work or wherever we are. Slip of the tongue, and you meant that. What are you talking about? No, I'm telling you right here, I did not mean that. I would never say that. You meant it! Got this text. I'm a black man, and I'm appalled that the weatherman was fired over that very innocent mistake. It's ludicrous, and his station as well as those blacks who are offended ought to be ashamed of themselves. Um... He misspoke and firing was ridiculous. I appreciate that. Uh, You know, I I feel bad even saying thank you for that, because that's almost condescending. It is. Like, to give a a black man or black woman credit for having that much sanity is condescending. We appreciate the text. We truly do. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's so self-evident. Oh. We hold these truths to be self-evident. A lot of media companies are very cowardly. Um, Anyway. That's astounding, but I'm glad it's getting uh, some information or some uh, some attention. Very happy about that. Uh, I'd like to hear just a little bit of uh, Great Aunt Nancy from last night. Can I hear Pelosi number one positive, Sean? Please. The response to the President, President Trump must stop holding the American people hostage, must stop manufacturing a crisis, and must reopen the government. Which was the main angle uh, Chuck and Nancy hit on last night. A uh, manufactured crisis, we must open the government. Nobody cares. I mean, you know, obviously the people who care care, but that is a very small group of people. And the whole this is a crisis, we must open the government thing is a useless argument. I just I don't think it, it carries much weight with Americans at all. I don't no. think anybody cares. I think both mis, both, both sides uh, miscalculated how much the nation cares about shutdowns at this point. Right, right. Uh, it's a beautiful example of the oft-stated Armstrong and Getty principle that uh, you're much better trusting your own perceptions and that of your friends, neighbors, and coworkers 
than that of uh, cable TV talking heads because they depend on drama and conflict and fear. I mean, that's the way that you get people's eyes to stick. If you can frighten people, nobody's ever tuned out of, there's a tornado heading toward town. We'll tell you which neighborhoods will be obliterated. (laughs) Nobody has ever tuned out. I'm putting in my Taylor Swift CD. And so they're constantly trying to frighten you or convince you something big is happening. Something, something, you know, if you're a federal employee and you're worried about making your bills, listen, I have a great deal of sympathy for you. You didn't do this. None of your fault. Um, that's an obvious point. Uh, but for the rest of us, no, no, please. Uh, more on that. Uh, how many people even expert know expert commentators? How many people even know the shutdowns going on? I wonder. I bet my wife doesn't know. Well, and if you were not told, if you're not, but had to experience it in the course of your day, your week, your, your, your work duties, whatever, um, as opposed to hearing it on the news somewhere. I'll bet the number of people who are aware of it would be vanishingly small, as they say in the stats business. Uh, so uh, that's that. And more on that to come. We'll play you some more clips if you didn't listen to it last night. Uh, York County, Pennsylvania Regional Police uh, have arrested a wanted fugitive out of Baltimore. This guy's a murderer. It's no joke. It's some sort of road rage-style uh, shooting. But in the long line of master criminals like, uh, you know, Billy the Kid and Machine Gun Kelly and whomever else, uh, police have arrested Anthony Doodoo Butt Ward, age 21. Evidently, <clears throat> Doodoo Butt is his gangland uh, nickname. That's bad nickname. There are better. If you're a gangbanger... And everybody's like throwing around nicknames and giving each other cool nicknames. And they give you doo-doo butt. I suggest you appeal that decision. Perhaps you heard that we uh, rescued, liberated, caught, whatever you want to call them, a couple of uh, ISIS members that were Americans. It was people that lived that were American citizens and went over to join ISIS. That mm-hmm. crowd. Yep. Here's one guy that we caught last week in the on the Syrian battlefield. 34-year-old man from Houston. Old enough to know a heck of a lot better. Yeah, grown up. Who uh, who joined ISIS to teach them English, to give English lessons. 34-year-old man from Houston who sent his resume in a cover letter seeking a job to the Islamic State. Dear sirs. He was seized in Syria. Uh, it actually said, dear director, mm. I'm looking to get a position teaching English to students in the Islamic State. Said Warren Christopher Clark. Idiot from Texas. (laughs) Comma, idiot, comma, Texas. Uh, We've talked to a number of folks who've taught English for a year or two or three overseas and and had a really interesting interesting experience. Not for ISIS, however. No, you you can go around the world teaching English and and, and get paid and maybe stay at somebody's nice place and stuff like it. It's pretty cool. Cool experience. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it teaching ISIS English. No, No, bad decision. He's lucky he's still got his head and was able to even be rescued by... uh, by American soldiers. So he was one of those soft heads who got there and realized the reality was vastly different than he'd imagined? I don't know. He was still there. I don't, I don't know what he thought. Mr. Clark once worked as a substitute teacher in um, school district in Sugarland, Texas, according to his father. Uh, he, uh, he went on in his cover letter that he sent to ISIS. This was discovered in an Iraqi home when we, when we, when we took back 
parts of Iraq from ISIS. You know, they left behind a treasure trove of uh, paperwork, and this mm. was some of it. A cover letter from an idiot in Texas. You remember how I got my first radio job, right? Because I was the only guy who typed the cover letter. This might have been a similar situation here. The few, <laughs> the few others who uh, bothered to apply for that poverty wage job evidently just scrawled out the, uh, hey, here's my resume anyway, uh, so call me if you want. I do mind. And they in said, that, I typed mine, and they said, "Wow, that's impressive." I do mind in that really artistic thing where you cut out individual letters from magazines of various sizes and <laughs> nice. stuff. That's I, charming. I don't get a lot of callbacks. Though. Man, I'm a slacker. I would not send a handwritten resume to someone. Yeah, I know. How many times have you? Well, anyway, uh, I that worked out for me. <laughs> he went on in his resume to ISIS as an English teacher. I believe that a successful teacher can understand a student's strengths and weaknesses, and I have the ability to appeal to both. So he's really selling him on why he'd be the perfect English teacher. Right. God, he's lucky he ended up with his noggin still attached. Oh, please. What are the odds? Or set fire in a cage or something else? Oh, Lord. Horrific. Yeah. So, but you said we rescued him or liberated him or uh, something? Caught him. Caught him. I guess. I'm going to bring him back to the United States. I, I assume he's a nut job. Right. So, what are you going to do with him? Yeah. Well, I, I would imagine you could determine pretty quickly whether somebody is just so weak minded that you got to have mercy on him. They're just an idiot. Well, it's like that Bo Bergdahl guy, right? I mean, oh, isn't he similar? Yeah, Bo, uh, Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. That's a good example. Or if somebody's, you know, a zealot and wanted to strike a blow against the West or whatever, that's eh, a different situation. Give me 10 minutes with the guy. I'll tell you which one it is. New York Times interviewed the poor guy's dad. Well, he'd be disappointed if your 30-something son joined ISIS to teach, give him English lessons. Difficult to spin that. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, he's long had an interest in the Middle East, and he, uh, did you say ISIS? Yeah, well, oh. More analysis of the president's first Oval Office address to the nation and Chuck and Nancy's weird wooden Indian response <laughs> throughout the morning on the Armstrong and Getty Show.